Hi, everybody. Welcome to Pockets Full of Soup, the storytelling show. I'm your host, Jared Petty, joined today by the glorious, the uproarious. Is that Ooh, a word? Sure, I like that. Uproarious? Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. Who are you? My name is Danny O'Dwyer. You are Danny O'Dwyer. Danny O'Dwyer of No Clip? I guess. All right, you guess. It's so it's still weird that people don't say of GameSpot. It's it, the, it's not, well, I could say of GameSpot. Uh, well, it wouldn't be accurate. It, no, it would not be accurate. We're no longer um, uh, working neighbors, as no, it were. That's true. We're um, not on Second Street together anymore. <laughs> so, no, that's uh, the entire video game industry... Yes, uh, that, or the video game press exists on Second Street. That's it was kinda, yeah. yeah, it was so weird when I first moved over here, and then knowing that like One Up was yep. there, and then Gamespot, and then IGN, and then Ubisoft around the corner from you guys, right? And then Twitch ended up kind of being near Had there. Corner there, yeah. yeah. Wired's not far away. Yeah. yeah. Now Kotaku, they're off doing their their own thing someplace. And Polygon are kind of just like they're all over the place. To yeah. the wind. Well, it just feels like Watchdogs, doesn't it? Where you just keep like everyone's in the same like tiny little fake version of san francisco i like literally you know the lake is like in the game uh-huh. i have like seen arthur keys walking around the lake before just walking around the yeah. lake <laughs> so it's basically just watchdogs you've seen arthur in watchdogs no in real life but okay. I, I can't tell the difference anymore i think seeing arthur in watchdogs would somehow be especially glorious <laughs> that'd be great yeah. occasionally people get into games. uh james milky was in uh, hmm. one of the fatal frame games i think reichard uh, was in uh infamous second son second son was it? he's like he's 33 percent of the russian mobsters in that game use Thir- his face <laughs> like one in one in three is dan reichard <laughs> that's something to aspire yeah. for uh and of course miller he's a uh, super boy right Oh really? Yeah, I think his voice is okay. Superboy. He's not like he's he's not like the face, but I believe he's the voice of Gosh. Superboy in the game. So. One day, Jared. One, one yeah. day we'll get in. What do you want to be? Oh, I don't know. It'll have to be an Irish person, wouldn't it? That's the problem. Well, it wouldn't have to. You could do. You could probably do like a fake I can accent. Do accents, but not very good. I can do other like niche regional accents. Okay, so like what? Can you give us one? <laughs> Why did I set myself up? For you this? really did. Yeah, it's it, not the the people demand it. I don't know. Me and my wife were watching Braid last night. Okay, so I was trying to put on like a Scottish accent. But that's about all I'm gonna do. Okay, you're not gonna give us <laughs> not gonna give us the uh, the stereotypical the William Wallace the a freedom. I can probably do a better one than Mel Gibson. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. Indeed. When he's uh, on your podcast next. You know, we talked about some of the other outlets. We, we didn't. We, what about Game Informer? They're kind of off. Like they're in like Minneapolis. Right? Yes, they are. Yeah. That's it. It's like snow time around there now. So Riker used to talk about there was one of the guys who used to work there used to just put his bag in a in a put his feet in a plastic bag and walk to work. Mm-hmm. He just didn't care about boots. Oh my! Uh, my I, my mother like used to lay out plastic bags uh, that you get like at the grocery store, right. and between our socks and our boots, we put those bags on. Oh, probably helps with like on. soak like water. Yeah, soak getting into your boots. And okay. Because if you got in really deep snow, that could happen. Yeah, I, I lived in the mountains in North Carolina, and oh, every really? now and then we get some pretty heavy snow. Not often, but. But every now and then. But yeah, Minneapolis, I think those guys are smart because they kind of mm. out there. It's like, I have to deal with San Francisco rent. Minnesota's really pretty. Amen. You know, nice people. Yes. Food. The, the rent thing, especially since starting Noclip, um, which is, by the way, my Patreon. Um, Patreon, eh? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'd imagine that. Maybe you're familiar with it. <laughs> so, I am. A listener to Pockets Full of Soup. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's that's been a more sort of real thing as well. It's like, oh, yeah, it's pretty expensive living here. So we're probably not going to stay around here much longer. Yeah. And moving out in 2017. Ooh, where are you headed? Uh, somewhere east. Somewhere east. East coast. Be a bit closer to family. Um, more reasonable. You know, able to think about starting a family without, you know, remortgaging the house that you don't have a mortgage. You don't have in the first place. <laughs> yeah. I love the Bay Area um, yeah. in many ways. So people are marvelous. The weather is undescribable, yeah. wonderful. Um, it, it's creative. It's fascinating. 
but it, it's no human beings can afford to live here. It's it's getting more and more ridiculous. Like I, I I don't even live in San Francisco. I'm out in Oakland, and like even here, it's it's just becoming ridiculous. Like yeah. if you if you like open like I go on Zillow. Zillow yeah. is like my is like, you remember you used to go on Tinder and like Zillow's like my Tinder <laughs> where I go, you're I, swiping apartments. Yeah. <laughs> where I'm speaking hi. Hey, want, look, this one's only three thousand dollars a month. Exactly wow. right. Yeah, it's just like. And then you go into the purchasing section, and it's like. What? I will never own property. Right. It's yes. ridiculous. So. Yep. Yeah. So, kind of marvelous. I, I, I want to go back to the accents again for a second. Oh, no. I thought I got out of fun. it. You got uh, Scottish. Can you do one more? Like, what's, what's a good... Oh, throw me one. Uh, oh, uh, can you do like... Uh, how about the... How about just... just sit, you know, Bled Diamond. Fucking prawns, you know? Okay. Now, so the South African one's hard. That's actually... Sit if you I do you know Kyle O'Connor at IGN? I don't. He's South African. I know. I and, know you'll, and, and you'll hear you'll hear the yeah. edge of it. But Kyle lived in South Africa, and then he moved to Portugal. <laughs> right. And then he moved to the states. So man, that accent wow. is all kinds of fun. That's a whole situation. It really is. How about American? Can you can you give us like oh. an East Coast American accent? East Coast? What's is that like Boston? Yeah. Well, there's several. I mean, there's New York. There's Boston. There's the Southeast. There's all more different. than there's more than one accent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. New, New York is 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 one. Boston's another. And then kind of the Southeast has its whole other thing going. Boston. On. Boston's like that Harvard Yard. Is that yeah? Yeah. Like that, yeah. I watched the. the the Departed. There you go. I can't. All right. No, it's, all right. it's really terrible. Yeah. All of we apologize <laughs> to all of New England um, and South Africa. Please keep watching. Uh, yeah, and and uh, all of South Africa. And, I, uh, I think my English accent is because I lived in London for four years. Okay. So uh, I lived and I lived I lived in East East London, and uh, you know Idris Elba. You ever listen? To, uh, you know that fella. He used to be Stringer Bell in a uh, in in the Wire. Oh, oh, okay. That okay. guy, he's got, yeah. He, yeah, he's got a real like London feels accent, but it, but he puts on a really good American accent when he's on over here. So what makes it work? Like, what's the key to doing good London? I accent? fucking have no idea. Like, like, <laughs> honestly, yeah, doing them to Americans. Oh, that's because, how you do because it? they think it's good. Because we don't know the all difference. the English people are like, what the fuck? What's he doing? I used to go to Arsenal games, uh, which is my, my my favorite football team, soccer team. Sorry. Okay. Um, and whenever they sing, it's like Arsenal, Arsenal is the chant. But when you're there, you go, it's not. It's Arsenal, Arsenal, because that's what like the other like thousands of people around you are, are chanting at the same. And time. so you kind of fall into that same cadence. Yeah, it's like I I think it's a very maybe it's a very everyone thing, but it's definitely a very Irish thing that like. You are sympathetic with accents. Okay. Irish people adopt other accents really quickly, okay. um, and it's also a country that has really? like a surprising number of accents. Like you, I can. Uh, I'm not as good as I used to be, but like when, back home, you can kind of figure out what county someone's from based on their accent. Based on their accent, yeah, so yeah. the regional dialects are yeah. that super distinct. You know that that actually makes sense. I mean, Japan's a very small, compact country, and it's mm. kind of the same way. You go to a different region in Japan, people speak completely differently. Right. Uh, and even even as a non-Japanese speaker, I could hear some of it. Yeah. you'd pick it up there. So it, that I wonder what it is about compact densely populated societies that causes make, yeah. like small areas of, of i don't know anything about language do you no not at all it, 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 to me though it, it seems very strange because it's the same thing in england but like these are countries that have retained these accents and they're not big they're mm -hmm. not like large land masses like yeah. ireland's really small we don't have that many people like outside of dublin it's basically about it's like four million all in and two million of them live in dublin wait there's only four million people in ireland but maybe it's maybe it's four and a half now but yeah. i didn't realize it was yeah. that sparsely populated yeah super once you get out of dublin it's there's, the second biggest city in Ireland is about 150,000 people. Wow. Startling ignorance of <laughs> about geography with Jared. That's what we have going on here. What else do people not know about, about Ireland? Um, God, I'm trying to think. The one thing that gets over here is that people don't know the whole Great Britain, UK, Ireland, Europe thing. Oh, and, really? And Brexit's probably not making this any easier right now either, to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not knowing that Ireland isn't part of... 
the United Kingdom or Great Britain. Realizing but, but, that it's a completely independent yeah, nation. But then there is Northern Ireland, right. which is part of Great Britain, but not part of the United Kingdom, or part of the United Kingdom, but not part of Great, Great Britain. Britain. So, so it's, uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess. Was it, was it 1792 that the French invasion and the uprising took place? I'm trying to remember. Was that 92? In Ireland? Yeah, in Ireland. The, how do you... I... I, I 17 don't ask me about I, oh, 1790 okay. I, anything i was sorry well, i mean there have been multiple uprisings in yes. ireland of course spanish involved yeah. in fact that's what my my surnames uh, is o'dwyer means dark and tawny because apparently some spanish people had sex with a bunch of uh western <laughs> irish people oh okay i made slightly darker skin although my skin is not dark at all my brother's got dark skin but does he all right but for some reason and that was from spanish influence apparently and my, well, my hometown is a is a thousand years old it's like it's the first viking settlement man you guys you guys have all the luck you can really you know besides you know besides <laughs> famines and being conquered and you know and and all the other horrible sad things that, mm. that have happened you do get like thousand year old cities is it um oh eddie Izzard who talks about yes. uh, about how you come to america and nothing's old Right, uh, you know, I think it's in Dress to Kill. He's like, you know, he's on a tour in like Miami, and they're like, and this hotel is preserved just as it was fifty years ago. <laughs> and how ludicrous that sounds to a European. It's, but I think you guys are really good at like retaining your history in a way that, like, hmm. because there's so much history in in like it's so dense in Europe, and like I had the same s- sort of experience when I lived in London, and that's a city that's got so like so much history and so, so dense with history over hundreds of years and so many different you know eras and whatnot um that like you guys are really good at like preserving what little history there is like it, I, I find it like I, I don't know like you think we're good at that yeah like can, can, if you don't have history you can't really speak to it you know so what's what's an anecdote for you what's a piece of american history that, that you've discovered you're like oh i really like what they did with that hey well preserved guys well done i, I was really surprised and i feel like it's involved in like architecture a lot okay like i'm really surprised at how much like especially actually i lived in san francisco beside the presidio mm-hmm. and i didn't realize that the presidio was originally a uh, spanish military base mm-hmm. that has sort of been, been taken over by uh, the American... I guess it's, I don't know that yeah, much. Yeah, there's a, there's a long kind of rollout history of the Presidio yeah. being a fort for various different uh, yeah. occupying powers. Right? And knowing and seeing all the like sort of... I don't know. Like, if you go into the Presidio, so much of that has been retained. The Spanish parts, there is the American barracks that are still there. Mm-hmm. They have the cannon. Have you seen the cannons there? I have, yeah. And they, they skim... Those cannons are so low, and they f- they were firing so fast that they could skim the cannonballs. Like skim the cannonballs along yeah, like, the water. Yeah, like throwing a stone. Okay, that's awesome. I did yeah. not know that. So the the yeah. Okay, that's right. I've been out on the old battery points port points, uh, you know, around the harbor, and at, back in the age of, of like naval gunnery, when mm. you still shot guns at each other, the Presidio made so much sense to occupy because it commanded the whole entrance to, to yes. the bay and the harbor, and and now it went in an age of, of missiles and long range warfare, <laughs> not nearly as important, but. So I guess that's why Lucasfilm's there now instead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Alcatraz apparently as well was was again made total sense. Gold yeah. rush, lo, you know, lot, lots of you know booty in San Francisco to get, but you had this one island in the middle which basically had cannons three sixty to yeah, just around point it. them in all directions, yeah. like stay away. Apparently they thought that if an invasion force came over during World War II that it was probably going to, if it had hit up there, then they had like a lot of battlements. But, yeah, yeah, they built all those batteries out there. Of course, at that point, you know, the, you're always ready to fight the war that came before. Right. So yes. they're ready to, they're going to fight Jutland again. They're going to fight a battleship <laughs> battle. Yeah. And they're like, oh, the aircraft carrier has been invented. Yeah. None of this is useful at all. But boy, we spent a lot of money <laughs> exactly, on it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's the, but wow. Hey, it's History Cast with Danny and Jared. <laughs> I know, uh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm the worst historian ever. 
as well. Uh, I like history. I really enjoy it. Um, and I don't think I don't think you're being fair to yourself. Sounds like you know a lot <laughs> about history, other than whether whether the invasion of Ireland by the French. Well, it wasn't an invasion. Were well, they, the French invaded, but I think they were invited to invade. I think were they helping? Kind of I know the they Spanish helping, yeah. helped a lot in the south, but they helped the Irish try and get rid of the English. Yeah, well, this was the French and trying to help the Irish get rid of the English. Right, it was okay. the same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and Mutual Lord, enemy. Corn, Lord Cornwallis, who was a, a British commander in America during the American Revolution, he's mm. a guy that lost at Yorktown. Oh, uh, right. He was like Lord something other of Ireland at that point. He <laughs> sent a bunch of British guys down and... Chased the French out and actually hung a bunch of Irish people. It was really sad. Now that I mentioned, there is a guy called William Vincent Wallace, not William Wallace, which again would be the aforementioned Mel Gibson character from Braveheart. Okay. But there's a guy called William Vincent Wallace who has a statue in my hometown and he got the Irish tricolor, which is the, our flag, right? Okay. It was given to him by the French. And I don't know when this was. It might have been then. I always had it in my head that he had like fought in the revolution or something and was giving it to it then. But well, it may the, happen. the French uh, flag is, it's, it's the blue, and the red are is it two separate houses or something oh i have no idea and then the white is meant meant to represent peace i did not know that so the irish flag which is hanging over there above the door yeah the green represents catholicism the orange is you know the orange or william of orange is protestantarianism right and the white is peace between the two so the irish flag is literally like made up of the thing that has divided Ireland more, or had historically divided Ireland more. So it's an optimistic theological statement. Kind of, yeah. Like, hey, we're all... And you're you're basically trying to, like, form what is, you know, hundreds of centuries, or dozens of centuries of of clans and and various, you know, Anglo-Norman, Saxon, Viking, you know, runts, which had, like, lived in in bogs and, and, you know... Lived in bogs? For, for, like, hundreds (laughs) of years. people. Under one thing. And I mean, like, you know... A common enemy is a really good way of uniting people, as we all know from Watchmen. Oh, we did learn that from Watchmen, <laughs> uh, as well as other places, but especially from Watchmen. For more on Osmandius's plot to uh, unite the human race through space aliens that he fakes, see Watchmen. I, I think I just spoiled Watchmen. I think the movie ending was better. Oh, well, I like, don't think the movie's great, Okay, but I think they didn't do the whole, what was it, the ship subplot, that whole... Oh, well, you're talking about like the the, the pirate ship thing, yes. like, yeah, yeah, the, that the whole, pirate comic, okay. and then transporting the alien with, into New York. Like they just yeah, went they, straight for a bomb. They fake it differently. Yeah, right? I, I, he does fake something, doesn't he? I can't remember. He does. He, I think I think they they fake it that it's Doctor Manhattan that that basically. Oh, they fake the Doctor Manhattan destroys yes. the world. Okay, yeah, I think you're right about that. If As you opposed seen to Watchmen, the space, we're sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, no. I mean, if, if you haven't read Watchmen by now, go read it first, even if you know what's going to happen because yeah. it's great. But no, I like the movie. Uh, I think yeah. I think that. You know, we we joke. Visionary director Zack mm. Snyder. That's a beautiful movie. Um, yeah. It has its high points and its low points. And I the, wish the they slow motion sex scene with Hallelujah. There's <laughs> that. Yeah, I wish they'd have never let him direct another movie again after Watchmen. Uh, that would have been. I think that. Might, wait, he did that. What else he do? Did he do oh, 300? Batman versus Superman. Oh no, yeah. Uh, yeah. Man of Steel. I liked Man of Steel. You liked Man of Steel, but I don't like Superman. Ah, okay. Well, I don't like movie. For I don't like, like comic Superman. books. No comic books at all. I like Watchmen. I like well, graphic like novels, but I don't like superheroes. Okay. I'll say that. Okay. Like I like I'm wa- reading like East of West now and 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 Saga and some other things, but I've never been into the superhero thing. Um, but for whatever reason, I like again. I think it's like an expectation thing. I came in with relatively low expectations. And okay. I'm like, oh, this is well. Good. That makes sense. And if you actually, I really do think that the Man of Steel is a Superman movie made by somebody who doesn't like Superman. Right. And 
that bugs me because I really like Superman, mm. and I think that a lot of the arguments that have been made about how you can't tell good Superman stories are made by people that have never read any of the good Superman right. stories. Like uh, Superman, that's it's like saying you can't write good Batman stories because there were ten years of horrible Batman <laughs> stories right. between sixty-five and seventy-five. You know, no, there have been beautiful stories about mm. Superman. Um, you just need a competent storyteller to write them and tell them and understand the character. And I don't think Man of Steel really tried. But I can mm. see liking it if you're not drawn to that whole faster than a speeding bullet, more yeah. powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. You know, that whole thing. No, uh, the version he went for was uh, win by any cost, yes. <laughs> apparently. Win! Even if it means destroying this map. And it seemed like destroying the city eventually was a launch point for another movie. But like... Were you really planting that seed back then? No, or? I just think he really liked dubstep. Okay. And he just wanted to have that beat coming down there in the middle of it. I, I don't know. I, I My problem with all of those is like, I'm Superman and I'm so powerful. It's hmm. terrible. I really hate how wonderful I am. <laughs> I'm Henry Cavill. I'm the Henry, most handsome man alive. It's incredibly handsome. He's not, you know, who's the other guy oh, on I would, the TV show? I would kiss that man. Who's I would kiss guy? him so hard on the lips. He's Dean Cain. Oh, Dean Cain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's beautiful. He's Ripley's Believe It or Not. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I, Frank Knight and I were talking <laughs> once at, at IGN. I don't know if you're Frank, but mm. we um, we wanted to make a sitcom called Super Friends that, okay. was, that was Dean Cain, Brandon Ruth, and Tom okay. Welling <laughs> all living in an apartment together. Uh, I, I think that's it. Gr- yeah, happen. No, that would be terrible. It's just shower me. scenes over and over again. Right, well, we are thinking more. Just a bunch of guys playing Superman. Yeah, but um, what you know, this is a show about what we're thinking. We we have we have gone off the beaten path. Yeah, here quite a beginning. bit actually. But I'm okay with that. I'm having a ball. Where, yeah, were you a fan of One Up back in the day? I was, but Ireland's internet was really bad. So one of my friends used to get the One Up show, but I didn't have broadband, so I couldn't get it. Oh, um, so you couldn't watch the One Up show. So I, I used to watch it. He'd send me, like, on a zip disc. <laughs> <laughs> he would send me, like, like, episodes, and I'd watch them, but then they'd be, like, from, like, a month ago. So it would, like, I wouldn't care anymore. Okay. Um, but I did watch That's it. Funny. Uh one up's how I got into this job. Oh, awesome! Uh, in, in, not this job, not mm. not uh, not pockets, but uh, yeah, I got into IGN through One Up. Excellent. Uh, originally, it was it was like 2006, and I got or around then, and I got an iPod for Christmas. Right. And I was like, well, what am I going to put on this thing? Well, I got music. <laughs> I like music, but it's like podcasts. Uh, yeah. Fine. What are these? And One Up was just you know starting to roll out its podcasts, and it was like one of them was Retronauts. Which yeah, yeah. Jeremy Parrish still does to this day with Bob Mackie, and. Uh, and I was like, I like old video games. I have an iPod. I'll listen to this. It was just for fun. I was working at a very different job in Florida at that point. Mm. I moved to Japan a couple of years later to teach English, and I was still listening to these casts. And I always enjoyed writing, and so I just started writing right. about games for fun for a little local uh, English language magazine in Japan. One up eventually picked me up. Oh, awesome! Uh, uh, based on the work that started there and then turned into some other things I did for them, and yeah, it was kind of. It's funny how, out. like back then, you needed somebody to like show you that. It, it's, it's like everything in life. Once you see someone else doing something, yeah. you're like, oh, I could do that, you know. But unless you you see it, it's hard to manifest the idea yourself. And it's so strange. I like that's kind of no longer an issue now because there's so many people doing a version of video game talking yeah yeah uh, we, we can know. sit here and do this but so can anyone right i mean and that's delightful i i love the democratization totally. of it. it's incredible uh, do you know, are you familiar with james burke 
I know. No, I know. No. Scientific historian James Burke talked about how he'd hoped that maybe, just maybe, the kind of marvelous digital anarchy that that uh, that a, that a network of networks at that point there was no internet, right? But that that might enable someday would give so many voices to people that maybe we'd finally be able to hammer out some kind of societal consensus oh, no. that was different than anything else. <laughs> the opposite of it. <laughs> <laughs> there is that, but, but there are good parts to it. And one of it's yeah. that anybody can try. The problem is anybody can try. Right, and exactly. That, that does sometimes come around to bite you yeah but i think like you know you, the good with the bad and you're like uh, it's the same for everyone i used to think oh growing up in the south of ireland in this small town was i was like very um hidden away from the realities of the world and i kind of in i don't know in growing up and maturing i've realized that actually kind of everyone is we, we all live in our own little bubbles regardless of geographically where that is but the internet from the starting point was to me was just like felt like opening up like I don't know Pandora's box for information. It was just access to ideas that I didn't ha- I didn't have, and I, I kind of felt like I needed. Like I, had, you know, you have unanswered questions growing up, and suddenly there's this thing that's invented that has and the answers. Are there, they're, they're in there, you know. Some of them are scary answers. Some of them are maybe wrong answers, but the answers are in there, and you kind of have to go shuffle through them. For for all its flaws and all mm. its difficulties, and it has many. Um, I do kind of think Wikipedia is the eighth wonder of the world. Uh, it's somebody, incredible. Yeah, it's it's an extraordinary... There's never been anything like that. And I think it's hard for people below a certain age to understand that, that there was a world where you couldn't know. Do you remember encyclopedias? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. It was like, that was the main thing in our... If this was like a living room 20 years ago, you'd have the, the big shelf with all the things on it. We had one, yeah, just yeah. along with the Funk and Wagnalls. There's an unfortunate <laughs> name. Um, we had a, an atlas. My sister's atlas growing up was my favorite book, and it had the USSR in it. Like, my favorite book was wrong. And that was only like three or four years after, or like maybe six. She was nine years older than me. So like totally different. In fact, if you're listening to this right now, and I know like we're both people who are like saying subscribe to our Patreons. But like <laughs> honest to God, give Jimmy Wales your money. Whenever that pop-up comes up, just give Wikipedia. If you can give it a like a like a buck, just do it. Like every time that comes up, I give it. It helps. Um, because it's, 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 it's for people like us, it's amazing because it's like handy for and how it's integrated into basically every other type of web app. But for like people in parts of the world that are just getting the internet, yep. like, oh my God, that is such an incredible resource. It, it's, it's a resource that, it, that has the potential to make the world a better place. The thing that. about Wikipedia is that you think that any sort of crowdsourced information hub is going to be manipulated in some way and it's not perfect and there are things that get changed and edited and whatnot but it's actually like it's doing a really great job like for the most part is a very accurate and fair resource for information there's a million problems but it's better than almost anything we've ever had and that's what that's what makes it extraordinary you know what let's let's get to the part where we talk about you okay i mean talking about you is fun anyway but i'm gonna ask or rather let's get to the part Mm. where you talk about somebody in your life and uh, and tell us a story um danny i'm going to ask you the the question we ask every guest uh, every week until i decide to change it um tell me about somebody you're thankful for um this is always re- i always hear everyone struggle with this a little bit because you immediately especially when you work in the games press you create a ranked list in your head of the people who you're thankful for and if you don't talk about the like thankful person of the year at the top then you feel like a piece of dirt the like, top nine people like, i'm thankful ex- for. exactly right you won't believe number four <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you know people i'm thankful for obviously like my family and my wife and all of these beautiful people um but like you have a lot of uh, folks come on and, and talk about you know 
family and, and those types of people. I wanted to talk about one actually because I did actually think about this quite a lot. And I thought like, who's like a friend or you know somebody who who meant a lot to me in sort of the past couple of years. Um, and I've had a weird sort of like transient life for the past eight years or so like moved country a bunch of times moved cities a bunch of times um and the person i'm actually thankful for that i was thinking of is a a guy i used to work with um called alexis 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 the guy you used to work with yes his name was alexis uh gajisa gajisa yes he now works for twitch but he used to work at GameSpot, and he's he's basically the guy who built giant bomb okay the website and so you're thankful for alexis gajisa and let's let's start with uh let's start at the very beginning Mm. well i won't ask why yet let me ask you about the very first time you met this person first time i met alexis i think it was i just moved over so i basically moved to london you know whatever eight years ago to try and get a job at GameSpot, mm-hmm. so that i could hopefully trick them into sending me to san francisco and i could work at GameSpot in san francisco that worked right like eventually yeah <laughs> but it took like a good you know five years i failed interviews at GameSpot in uk three times once they didn't take me twice they didn't interview me and then at like four asking i didn't even ask actually they, they asked me and then i i was there and then within two years i'd come over to or two and a half years i'd come to the us so i was i just arrived and i felt like oh my god it's like happened i can't believe like all this 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 work and effort and, and super immense of luck and people taking a chance on me um and i was a huge giant bomb fan so mm-hmm. i knew him already from his appearances on the couch on Giant Bomb. So okay. I, was, I was basically coming as a fan. All right. uh, but he had also like built GameSpot, so he had also watched all of my videos. Ah. So he was also kind of like a fan of what I was doing as well. So the first time we met was like really weird because it was like, oh, we like no intimate knowledge about each other, but we've never actually met before. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. You're, you, this is somebody you're a fan of, somebody yeah. whose work you followed, who's admi- you admired, somebody who inspired you. You meet them, and they're impressed by you. And know- What's that like? Well, it's, it's just like you're you're dancing around the the information that you know. They're like they're telling you something, and like, yeah, I remember you said that on like the Bombcast two weeks ago. Did you actually and- say it? Oh yeah, we were like super on the same level straight away. And I was I used to be a web I was a web developer by trade. I went to college as a web developer and and part of me sort of missed that work and that's what he was doing and he was also like originally when I when I went to game I typed videogames.com into GameSpot and uh, into Google when I first okay. got the internet and GameSpot and IGN came up and I thought GameSpot looked nicer. Well, that's you're why talking I, about the, the layout? Or yes, the, the website, okay. the, the form. Okay. Uh, and I was making websites as like, I was actually making websites before we had the internet. So the idea of like building GameSpot to me was like this amazing like dream so that I was now meeting the person who not only I was a fan of but also basically had my other dream job okay I want to go down a tangent for a okay. second I know tangents are dangerous to storytelling <laughs> well, we will get back to Alexis but did you just say I was actually making websites before we had the internet <laughs> Before, so my brother, this is so sad. So my brother did computer science in Trinity College in Dublin. And one of the first things they did for CS students then was they'd give them an, a HTML book. Okay. So hypertext markup language, which used to be the sort of the, the backbone of the visual side of, of web coding. Right. Um, and they'd basically say, learn that in like a week and come back to us. Mm-hmm. And you've got like some sort of wraparound of like basic object oriented programming and okay. then, then they'll put them on java so he got this like html book and he learned it and did it and then we my our parents had bought a pc so that he could do homework on it essentially right okay. when he'd come back from dublin so he gave me this html book and said i think you'd like this 
and so I learned HTML like making Notepad websites on my PC. But just that, dropping tags into Notepad. Okay, yeah, yeah, like just head and body and making tables. And I made like a Half Life One um, fan site was the first site I made. Okay. I made a I made a, a clan site for. Oh my god, I can't believe I just remembered this. Me and my three two buddies who played Quake Three. Okay. We had a clan website. Ooh. Our clan was named after a gang in LA called the Uptown Buddy Boys. Uptown Body Boys? Buddy Boys. Uptown Buddy Boys. Yeah, yeah. The, the, like the least intimidating gang name ever. Wait, you and your Irish friends named your Quake, Quake 3, 3 clan, clan yeah. after an LA gang with a bad name. <laughs> yes, and also... Please don't come kill me. And, um, and also, the, the worst part was, none of us, of the three of us in this clan, had both the combination of internet access and a copy of quake 3 <laughs> well how did you have a clan in quake 3 when you had no online connectivity we just like came to my house and and played bots and then we go to my friend andy's and i bring quake up there and we try and play rocket arena on on dial up this is fantastic yeah we the internet was like real bad in ireland for a while no sometimes you just want to play a game and it, it, you go to any licks i remember i, w- I could didn't have a nintendo uh, for a long time nes right. but i really wanted one and as a kid, I think I've told this story before, I would sit and, and draw on the back of my school papers, like, video game levels, Super Mario levels, oh, that's and then awesome. I would play them with my pen and oh. move the guys around it, because I was so desperate to play, I'd make little sound effects for a while. Yeah, so I, I, I can identify a little with with this, nonetheless, so the Uptown Buddy Boys. Uptown Buddy Boys. Which I totally think should be the name of your new band. <laughs> it's such a good name. Uh, it's, it's like the worst fantastic. gang name ever. It really is incredible. Yeah. Um, it? One month later, Danny and Jared were mysteriously found in a ditch. <laughs> Uptown Buddy Boy. With UBB <laughs> tattooed on the back of their corpses. Um, yeah, so I, 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 so I basically made these websites and then like we got the internet like a, a year and a half later, okay. I think. And, and yeah. That so was were it. they any good? The websites? Yeah. Eh, they were all right. This was, you said Quake 3, so around 99? Yeah, I guess. It would have been 99, and then, yeah, start of 2000, we probably got the internet, and, um, I mean, there were, it was basically practice, and then yeah. I, like, I, I felt, my first sort of, like, my own first company was I was making websites, I was undercutting real web design uh, places by making websites for, like, local flower shops and cool. local artists, yeah. and I basically just say, like, 500 euro and I'll make you a website, okay. or 400 for the ones that, that looked at me for two seconds, and I buckled. Um, but it was great, because I was living at home, and I was, like, 16, 17 years old, so it was, like, easy easy money, kind so of. So, depending on the perspective, you were either scab labor or a <laughs> <Right>. budding entrepreneur. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, absolutely. Fantastic. <laughs> so, you were doing this. So, you came... Let's go... We'll shift back after that okay. tangent. Sorry, back to Alexis. So, You've you, you know you 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 meet Alexis. He's familiar with you from your work in the yeah. UK. You're familiar with him from his work on Giant Bomb. Uh, what was that first meeting like? Where were you? We went to uh, Dada, which is the bar on Second and Mission, actually, just down the road from from the game. I, I basically uh, catty corner from One Up. Mm-hmm. It's right. It's right there. Um, and him and Drew, they basically kind of. I think they subsequently he's kind of told me that they kind of knew that I was kind of all like i don't know like i was i was all right they thought that i was like a you know a, in, a person that they would get along with he's a pretty swell guy yeah they thought i was an okay dude so we went for drinks a buddy boy yeah if you will an from uptown, uh, from uptown. 
<laughs> and uh, we, uh, yeah, we we hung out. We we you know we'd a lot to talk about back then because I you know I just joined Gamespot and he was kind of um, involved in Gamespot and Giant Bomb and uh, was sort of preparing me for all of the the positives and negatives of working on a big website with right. lots of like internal politics and whatnot. Um, yeah, and we got on like a house on fire. And then what happened was was uh, when I was looking for a place over the next couple of weeks, I knew that he lived up on sort of around Divisadero Street in, in SF. Okay. And I was looking for places all over the place. And then I found one spot that was quite nice. And I realized, oh, it's actually not that far from Diviz. Okay. Um, so I, I got it. And as it turns out, we were sort of both equidistant from this bar he used to like going to. And that became our sort of regular haunt then. So you guys became bar buddies. Yeah, basically. Right. Yeah. So, so you worked together during the day. Now, with him at Giant Bomb and with you at GameSpot, how much did you actually see of each other? Because they're both mm. CBS Interactive, of course. Yes. But, but how much did you see of each other during the day? He kind of sat in the pit between... G- GB were on the other side of the office back then. And, like, I'd walk over and talk to them maybe, like, once every three days or something, or once okay. every two days. Um, but... And that was kind of... I was kind of one of the first i think i might have been the first except there was this one show that chris waters and ryan davis did together but i think apart from that after that had happened and sort of failed i was one of the first like GameSpot people who was kind of on the reg going over there and okay. it was because i was such a massive fanboy um alexis on the other hand he was kind of in the uh, engineering pit which okay. was behind me so he was kind of like 15 yard feet from me at all times basically and his role there at that point was he was like lead web developer or i don't know you know whatever made up you know title like engineering czar i don't know yeah like. it, it, i like that one <laughs> engineering czar is pretty good that's a, a, a uh i think my favorite like made up uh, job name ever is is the one they use at Disney the uh, Imagineers. Oh, that's great! I just love that. Yeah, it's just marvelous. Like, but, then you know they have like senior Imagineers oh, and like se- junior Imagineers. Imagineers um, at large. Yes, uh, assistant to the Imagineer. Imagineer about town. <laughs> exactly. Uh, these are delightful. So, oh, assistant to the Imagineer. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. What would your title be if you could make up your own title? I mean, you I can. I can. You run your own thing now. What could you, you? What's your title at No Clip? Have you made one? Oh God, I haven't. I don't. I haven't done business cards yet. What, what title should you make? I guess uh, it's weird, isn't it? Because you could go with like you could be super lame and just go with like CEO. You could. Which I'm not sure if you're able to do for a sole proprietorship. <laughs> really. Maybe not because it's we're not incorporated yet. Uh-huh. Um, because if you do that and move states, it takes a it's a nightmare. So I decided not to bother because we're probably going to move next year. Um, I don't know. What would I go with? Like, I feel like I'm not really a journalist. I've editor. Like, I've always wanted to be a video editor. Okay. So the idea that's like, because I was a producer at GameSpot and I'm right. self-taught and I never learned how to edit in college. So yeah, I don't know. Editor. Host slash editor. Host slash editor. Something like that. I like yeah. that. All right. Host slash editor. Same as Folks, yourself. I heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> host slash editor. Yeah. My, I, don't, I haven't made up a title for myself yeah. yet. I, I think I'm going with... Uh, Oh, I don't know. What, what should I be? Maybe this account? Uh, oh, yeah, Marquis? that's good. Mar- Mar- Marquis, perhaps? Marquis? Right. Yeah, uh, any type of Duke? Duke? Earl? Duke <laughs> of Earl? Uh, I, I think I'm the, the Earl of Soup. Um, oh, that's good. I Earl like of that. Soup. That's what I'm going for. Earl of Soup. So back to you and Alexis. Um, <laughs> the two of you start, you work together, mm. but you're also equidistant from this bar. This bar becomes your haunt. What drew you to the bar? Are, are you regular drinkers, one and both? Yeah, probably than- like too much yeah? at this stage. Yeah. So I've, I've kind of moved. I think what happened was like, I, when I lived in London, I had like lots of friends that I kind of knew from back home in Ireland and I yeah. had friends that I met and I had colleagues and all this sort of stuff. And I think what had happened was when I moved, to, when I moved over here, the the distance from home i think weighed like way heavier in okay. a way like 
not only are you like far from home, but it's it's the time zone that really messes it up. Because yeah. when I was in London, I was the same time zone as, as back home in Ireland. So my brother and sister and nieces and nephews and parents were all in the same time zone. And like most of my friends were as well. And then suddenly I was in this situation where I'm not only in America, I'm actually on the arse end of America. So everyone's like, when I get up in the morning, they're all lunchtime and when i go to sleep at night they're all waking up they so, all exist mysteriously in the future it's really yeah and when you try and have a conversation with somebody who's like when you're first thing in the morning you wake up and you're trying to have a conversation with somebody who's like on their lunch break yeah you're just you're never like vibing you're never on the same page yeah when i was in japan it was very similar. right yeah same thing right yeah. so probably similar time difference it as was well. it was 14 hours oh god that's way worse okay yeah, yeah, yeah. it was awful uh, so it's it was like isolating right so to have somebody who and i have like a comfortable um safe place to go to with that person was like it was it was like my sanctuary which was bad because it was also a bar but, <laughs> and also because alexis can drink anyone under the table so really yeah yeah so, oh, so he's the greater drinker of the two i don't know greater is like you know Greater or worse, <laughs> which is maybe he drinks more. I'm not sure yeah. if that makes him a greater drinker. Yeah, or, yeah that's true. That's depends on how you look at it. Yeah. More pickled. Yes. More seasoned. Perhaps. Perhaps. Although Perhaps. I think I probably gave him a, a run for his money for my shame. Oh. Um, but yeah, we used to go there and, and grab nachos, and and Drew lived around the corner, and he'd sometimes come down as well. And yeah, we we sort of met interesting people there and hung out and nachos and drinks, interesting people and hanging out. Yeah. So. Alexis welcomed you. You knew him with some degree of intimacy because we live in this weird fantasy world where podcasts are kind of glimpse into people's lives. Yes. Uh, so you knew. What did you know about him before you met him? I, I, outside of his personal, actually, not much of his personal life. Now, okay. that, now that you mention it, um, before I met him, um, like now I know, like his, his wider family and and his, you know we we were both single back then and we're both like happily okay. um, in relationships now. And I, I got married recently, and so we we were sort of definitely more <laughs> lonely and sort of in in our own comfort together for a while. But uh, yeah, he did a good job of. There is that thing, right, where you let people in a little bit but okay. you don't like you don't let people in too much when you're doing podcasts and whatnot because you yeah. don't want to give it too much information sometimes or like i'm an open book but like maybe the people connected with me m may not necessarily want to be as open as i am it right? is so, an odd dance yeah, yeah. You, you you're telling the story of your life well, i mean this, this whole show is about people sharing the stories mm. of others right and so yeah you, you do have to be guarded in that it's it's a you know, I've never really thought about that part of it before. Well, mm. I put you in a terrible position. <laughs> uh, sorry about that, everyone. No. But when it comes to to Alexis and this, so you meet this neat guy, mm. you work in the same office, you go to this bar together, he knows some things about you, but you, uh, you know, you, out of all the people you could have talked about tonight, you're talking about him as somebody you're truly grateful for, somebody yeah. you're thankful for. Why? I think it was a mixture of two things. One, it was having somebody who felt like an old friend that we immediately sort of vibed and I had moved, you know, I sort of had, I guess the greatest accomplishment of my life up to that point, which is the job that I always wanted. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I'd sort of had that. And then on the other end of it, feeling a little bit empty and, and needing somebody to like, I don't know, have, have somebody a bit, uh, that I could sort of feel comfortable with. Right. So he was, he was just a friend in one. Yeah. And then the other thing was that like working at a big game website like that, especially when you're like, I came over with this, like, you know wide-eyed idea that i was going to come over and like really help gamespot and try and like you know i don't know impose the type of game website i thought this would always be onto this website and and do my best and alexis had the same idea okay and we were kind of like 
on point. Like we were kind of thinking in the same direction. Okay. And when you know what it's like, you work in a big corporation. There's lots of influences, lots of politics, lots of things going on. You know, eventually I've I've left to start my own thing. So that shows you how sort of successful I was in trying to impose my <laughs> my, my will on Gamespot. Uh, but for the the longest time, we were kind of whenever we would you know hit hit walls in work. Yeah. Then we would go back to the bar, talk about things, and it was like it was almost like like work therapy, That's where like we both talked ourselves through the the different problems we had, be them interpersonal problems or like maybe just problems we had with projects that were entirely our own issue that we were trying to fix, or the sort of wider internal political struggles that happen in in a, in a company like that. Um, we were kind of confidants in that respect, and I definitely needed that when I came over here. I had fire coming out of my ears i was like i was super confident i had had success in the uk i was basically the de facto face of the us site even though mm-hmm. i just turned up so i was just like firing on all cylinders and i think i needed him to like kind of like okay all right you, you, you don't don't burn yourself out don't like go off the rails here can you give me an anecdote about a time he really helped you Ugh. And I understand internals might make that difficult. So yeah. if that's not possible, then I, I get it. But. I think he was... I'm, ju- I'm just really bad at like recalling specifics, especially because most of them ended up with us getting drunk and walking <laughs> um, There was one... Re- actually, there was one really bad... There was one... I, this might be the lowest point of us going out, actually, was we had a, a night... Um, which it was actually it was actually good fun. And I walked home... I can't believe I'm telling the story. I walked home that night and... Uh, I had heard, I was what was it? I was I was going to get a cab because it was a little bit late, but I didn't live that far away. But I decided not to, and I was running across the street, and I tripped uh, over like one of these like dividing lines in the road, right? And I like completely ate it, like hit my shoulder off the ground, Ooh. my knee, and I was like, oh, and I was like, okay, no car hit me, that's good because it, it was a quiet road, so I was all right. So I went home, went to bed, and I woke up the next morning, and. I felt fine. I woke up and I was like, "What the fuck's going on with my hand?" And I looked like at my 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 um, elbow, and I have like it's like duct taped up, like I've duct taped my whole arm up. But I'm like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Duct taped your arm so, up, drunk. So, so I had come. So apparently, I'd like cut my like el- my elbow, but like not that bad, but like yeah. bad enough that it was bleeding. And I I came home. I walked the rest of the way home, which was probably a good like ten minutes, uh, bleeding. And then uh, wa- wiped down my knee, which I'd also cut. And then in like the sort of haze of just wanting to go to sleep, wrapped a towel around my hand, duct taped <laughs> it on, and then fell asleep. <laughs> and I think that was probably the night after that. I remember telling him the next day again at the bar and with like a degree of shame and he was like yeah that's mm, that might be a bit much like maybe don't do that again i don't want to have to be the like the mom who's calling you every time you get home now mm-hmm. uh so i, I think i kind of eased off a little bit um, after backed that backed up off that a little bit yeah yeah i mean do do you drink too much now no i think i have my my wife to to help me for for that um i actually quit totally about right before we got married for about four months i didn't drink at all and that was great um very sort of uh um uh it's it's like if you it's like if you like have a mathematics equation you pull something out and you kind of see how everything works you can kind of figure it out and the same kind of thing was true was like it wasn't until i removed it entirely out of the equation that i sort of realized when i was using it um 
to be honest, I have so much more control over my life now that I'm freelance and a lot of the problems that I was kind of using uh, alcohol more with to sort of, you know, I don't know, make myself, make the days go a bit easier. And mm-hmm. um, that's been removed, thankfully. And I, I think I'm, I'm happier working for myself and working that's on good. my own timeline. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I have a drink every now and again. So you think that there for a while you were self-medicating? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Def- I, I know I have in the past. I know I definitely did in London when I first got the job at Gamespot, and then part of me thinks that whole time with Alexis, I probably was as well. Um, and uh, the problem with being uh, able to drink as well is that you you get re- when, when when you're able to get up in the next morning, and when it doesn't negatively impact relationships necessarily, or you don't have any. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or in the case of Alexis, it makes them maybe better. Um, uh, and and you know you're you're young and you're spry and you can get up the next morning. You don't necessarily see it as a problem a lot of yeah, the time. Yeah, at that point. Yeah, so that's that's the, the kind of worry about it. I think. You're actually uh, you're my third guest uh, to talk about a bar buddy. Right. Um, yeah, I had Andrew and Marty on. I don't know if you mm. know uh, Andrew Goldfarb, Marty Sleeve. Marty Sylvia, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they're bar buddies. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah. And they came on and talked about that. So now you and Alexis, you're talking about another bar buddy. What makes a great bar buddy? What makes Alexis a great bar buddy? Uh, equal parts listening and talking, like honesty, I think is really important. Uh, I mean, the problem with bar buddies is that when you're, if you can remove the bar and still be buddies, I think that's probably a bit better, uh, which is like important. And certainly, um, the two of us kind of have our significance, uh, others now. And and when we do find time for each other, it's never bars anymore. We always have like dinner with everyone or let's talk about that like evolution that. then where, where, where did this where did the relationship the friendship step out of the bar and into something else how did that happen it happened because i stepped out of san francisco and into the east bay okay <laughs> <laughs> and a bridge i mean it's a pretty big bridge it is the, a, the, it's a huge bridge and when you get up when you leave work in the evening and and suddenly you're coming east uh uh, across the bridge it's uh there's less sort of social time for that and but what had happened was i I basically met my future wife and then very quickly moved um uh, in with her over in east bay and uh yeah like we were still working together and hanging out and and having payday beers and and just hanging out at lunchtime and stuff uh and i think that transition kind of helped a bit because we weren't just always hanging out at bars uh and then after a while he he found his lady and then then the amount of social time had gotten even smaller mm-hmm. so then we had to be very like intentional about when we hang out and, and what we did so then it became like planning for events rather than just oh it's tuesday i'll see you at fly bar so suddenly it's a date <laughs> yes exactly okay so it's a so what are what are mandates with lexus like it's usually yeah. like either if he comes over here, it's for like a UFC fight or something. Oh, yeah. Okay. I try and do it around Get sporting events. Um, he doesn't really care about what sport it is necessarily. He just wants to hang out. Um, and if it's over in his place, um, him and his lady are very good at uh, cooking and whatnot. So he'll they'll do a preparation of some sort. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of the way it usually goes now. What makes this guy a good friend? Uh... I'm weird with friends where I don't like I have lots of like people I know but there's very few people this is probably very common there's like I have like two people three people who I'll like regularly want or I'll have that deep relationship with Hmm. and even then I won't see them all the time like I'll see them once every couple of weeks but you feel a sense of intimacy with them yes and like like he was my um, uh, I wouldn't say best man but when we uh, got married and did the, the sort of registry office marriage he was my um, witness okay. Alexis he was like he's, he's the guy when you just like need to hang out call him up and he'll be there the next day um, just like reliable 
and I think similarly he doesn't let a lot of people in so we kind of we had that like similar kind of I don't know like if if we didn't see each other for five years we'd see each other and then be totally cool again can you can you in any way qualify that simpatico like why the two of you just have this liking for each other that seems to have been there from the very beginning yeah i don't know what it is i think we're just similarly tuned like very <laughs> kind of kind of negative about a lot of things but then also like i think we're problem solvers i think the two of us see like our professional lives and our personal lives as these like problems to solve and sometimes the problem is us Okay. And we're sort of complicit in it. Oh. And I think for the longest time, both of us enjoyed being complicit in being our own problems. Um, and I think professionally, we sort of both enjoyed, we were like very, um, what's the word? Like put a lot of effort into our careers, but then also we're very frustrated by them in some ways. Like it was never enough. And I think um, that sort of drive and ambition, I guess is probably the word, uh, um, regardless of ability, our, our certainly our, our ambition was kind of like similar that way. And then, yeah, just like all the things that make a good friend, similar sense of humor, you know, both fans of video games, that certainly, <laughs> that ever hurts, you know, yeah. helps to have a common, uh, common interest. Do you play a game together? Nah, yeah, he likes, he likes shitty games. Oh, he likes, really? No, he plays he plays a lot more online games than me. I, we hardly ever played together, actually. He you think like he got, he gets into like Destiny and stuff, and I'll just like I just want to play Fallout for like on my own, or I'll play Rocket okay. League or something. Or so that we so hardly we actually ever have play. vastly different tastes. It sounds like. In games, yeah, we yeah. hardly ever play with each other. He'd always he'd text me. He'd be like, "Oh, we're getting on to play," and I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah," but I'm so bad at that. Yeah. I'm really bad at like appointment friendships. Okay. Like being there at certain times like this is why i have like people who i ever only ever see once every three or four weeks <laughs> so he, that's why he's a good friend because like most people would just be like oh danny's like super unreliable like i'm not gonna be friends it's like with no him. it's okay he's, yeah he's cool with it you talked about complicitness a little earlier you mm. said you know, the two of you you feel like could be complicit in in parts of your uh, of your lives that both of you you felt like uh sometimes sometimes you were solving a problem sometimes you were the problem yeah can can you talk a little more about that idea sure i think uh, this this kind of goes back because I had like uh, OCD and stuff growing up and like I, whenever I think about that and I think about uh, especially when we talk about like the self-medication and, and I just like whenever you're in like a, a spiral, I always was able to get out of these relatively quickly. I kind of like when, when I remember when I had the tools to like get rid of my OCD that the therapist gave me, I felt like I was like, oh, I can get out of this now. And I always felt the same way with like um alcohol for instance uh they're like oh like this is actually something i can i can stop if i want to and that's obviously like very very dangerous thing to think um and obviously it's not in it's not true as well uh but then it sort of can be true you can kind of if you just wake up one morning and decide not to do it you certain people can can get out of it so i never really felt like i had like a problem problem but i obviously did have a problem because i'm saying it didn't have a problem right but to answer your question a bit more accurately um i think when you feel like you have control over the problems in your life, it's more, uh, it's less ang anxious than if you feel there are problems in your life you don't have control over. Mm -hmm. So maybe you have, maybe there's a problem in your life that you don't have control over. So if you just override that with a problem, say for instance, going to a bar every night and drinking, that you feel like you do have control over it, oh. then it, then it, I think that makes you feel a little bit more in control of your life. And I think 
that was probably something that the two of us kind of had and that like there were lots of things we didn't have control over we didn't have control over our careers necessarily in the ways we wanted which is why we were having these conversations uh we certainly didn't have control over our um our love lives we were both single and 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 you know looking and not particularly happy about it uh so i think that probably having that little, little shared like little issue was was probably comforting in, in a in a strange way so in a way your friendship in addition to its other facets if i'm understanding this correctly mm. was quite literally therapeutic oh totally yeah. yeah yeah we were like without him uh i feel like it would have been much more isolating uh, living here um uh and outside of like any sort of just therapeutic aspect of it it was also just like fun like i just loved hanging out it was great and i always felt better for having hung out um than uh, than if i hadn't although also hung over how did um how did you help him hmm i don't know i feel like similarly i think i think almost like a mirror like i like i maybe i'm wrong because i mean maybe i'm just being selfish thinking that way but i feel like similarly the the issues that he sort of had would work that i was able to like sort of he was able a lot of the time we were just bouncing ideas off each other like half of therapy is just talking right Mm -hmm. it's of getting it out there and and ultimately you kind of a lot of the time you figure out the answer just by talking about it right so and i think that was a lot of it for us was just even being able to talk about it because you were basically in situations you're biting your lip the whole time so if you're (laughs) in a situation you didn't have to anymore then it was uh then it was liberating so that's that's fascinating yeah you were upfront about uh obsessive compulsive disorder and therapy that i I, I'm in therapy. Mm. I've, uh, I've uh, struggled with mental health issues my entire mm. life. I, I, so some of the things you're talking about, that they're, they make sense to me. And mm. I think they're going to make sense to a lot of the audience. I, uh, it's a theme we've talked about on the show before and will again. Um, before we, we move to the end of the talking about Alexis, uh, one other thing I want to ask, what's he up to right now? Alexis works for Twitch now. Okay. Uh, he is one of their, I don't know, engineering czars over there. Um, oh, that's the title again, the engineering czar. <laughs> Probably, okay. actually. Yeah. They're a startup, so they can call them whatever they want. That's true. Um, uh, yeah, he's working there. He's, he's doing good. He's uh, happily in a relationship and doing good things and still living in the same house and doing what, good. What's your next date? I don't know, actually, probably not till after Christmas because it's wow. yeah, because this Doom thing takes forever to edit, and then once Doom th- thing you say? Oh yeah, What's so, that? oh yeah. Sorry, that was a sly plug. Not a, no plug away. <laughs> plugs are plugs are welcome. Um, yeah, so my company NoClip, we we make um, uh, we basically it's a crowdfunded through Patreon um, a gaming outlet that makes sort of long form documentaries yeah. about video games. So we did one about Rocket League last uh, month. Um, it's like an hour long feature to, in two parts about the sort of history of that game getting made. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the moment, I've been working on for the past three weeks uh, a deep dive into Doom 2016, the the id software sort of rebirth of Doom, uh, but also looking at what had happened over the past 10 years with its development with the previous version, which was never we've never seen uh, before and and the sort of like reshuffle that happened and also the design of the game. Uh, but it, you know, we're, you know what it's like, Patreon, small teams, you got to hustle. So I'm working my ass off. Congratulations on this. This is fantastic. When, when's it going up? Uh, the video will be up and uh, six days from now, Monday. Okay. So, so six days from when we're recording right yes. now. So this today is, what is today? This Tuesday, six? the sixth. So it may be up, depending on when this goes up, it may be up cool. already by the time we run this. Like uh, you, you, the, we, where can people go find it? And uh, no clip video. No clip video. 
video on youtube if you go to no clip video or type no clip into youtube you'll get it basically and um yeah patreon.com forward slash danny o'dwyer for the rest of the that all all that goodness for people who want to support you financially yes and you should because he makes great stuff thank you so uh, much no you do you make wonderful things there's no uh no no hyperbole there at all you do great work super blown away by the support um it was you know it was what i was hoping we might get to at some stage in like you know six months down the road uh but the initial uh funding has has made it so that we're we're doing some big projects early 2017 as well it's gonna be cool. i i felt the same way with with this little mm. podcast which is is um is kind of something i do in my evenings and weekends yeah. and enjoy i could not fathom the outpouring of support from people thank you guys so much i really appreciate it and uh, yeah give danny money because he's really great <laughs> or just uh, watch the videos or just watch the videos support comes in many forms okay so so um, if you even just subscribe to the youtube channel and and enjoy some advertising free influence free ass reporting on video games then, subscriptions you say i know right hey subscribe you know people can also subscribe to pockets full of soup <laughs> okay we're gonna stop doing this uh we're gonna transition over by the way uh if you want to send messages uh to the show uh messages to thank you for people in your lives just chat with me about whatever you can send those to mail at pockets full of soup.com that's mail at pockets full of soup.com uh, i'd also like to uh take a moment to thank our patreon producers robert Nieder and nick Rier, uh both of whose generous support Woo. makes this show happen so thank you guys so much and to all of you who give subscribe watch listen comment at all etc thank you for that now we transition Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Okay, now I'm, I don't have my notebook tonight. I'm a little scared. No I've been trying this this high tech technology thing here. Telephone. Um, it's an iPod. Yeah, this new, yeah. this here's this be the Android. Oh no. Uh, nice. Yeah. I oh I I gave up on my uh, I gave up on my iPhone a uh, a few months ago. I thought you were gonna say the Samsung Galaxy Note Seven. No, this is uh, this airport is a moto, friendly. I think uh, this is a moto. Uh, but yeah, I I switched over. I. Uh, I decided to try it out, and you know what? I like it. Yeah, it's been alright. I like it a lot. It's hard. New pair of pants. Like uh, I don't know if they're gonna fit right. And after a while, it just you get that groove in. Gonna be honest with you, I like it more than the, yeah? Than the iPhone. Yeah, yeah probably like, costs a lot less. Well. Uh, there's that too. <laughs> yeah. uh, that doesn't hurt either. <laughs> it actually does everything and more. Um, yeah. Okay, so we got some questions for you, Danny. Okay. Uh, before we jump into the instant noodle questions, a few questions uh, from people. Also, a couple of thank you messages to read. Uh, John Bailey wants to know: Is there a better Irish footballer than George Best? Oh, this is an interesting one because Georgie Best is from the north of Ireland. So this is one of these situations where Northern Ireland's weird, right? Where where like the English some or the the British sometimes take ownership of of Northern Irish uh, athletes and, and famous people and whatnot. And it's like that's kind of okay. But then so do the Republicans. So I kind of feel a little bit messed up, like taking ownership of George Best as an Irish footballer because maybe it's not my right because he's Northern Irish. Oh, so he's okay. definitely the best Northern Irish footballer. If you were to combine Northern Irish and Republic of Ireland footballers and ask who is the best, he is also the best. So yes. Okay. So and he's if you're, the best either way. Ooh, yes. what a tactical answer that was. It's, uh, you got to be careful about this sort of stuff. It's like... There's, there's, there's a place for you in politics, I think. That was <laughs> no, well no, answered. There's enough... Read my tweets. There's no place for me in politics anymore. That's Although, a, who knows? A, now. Interesting distinction. I, I've heard this many... You know, I've watched Footballers' Wives. Um... <laughs> But uh, in in Europe, it's footballer. Yeah. In America, we say football player for an American football player. Right. Why? I wonder why the, the difference in the terms there. Do you know? Because if you said football player in England, it would sound weird, right? Yeah, I don't know. But there's so many of that nuance. Like people say when I come over here, like my wife always says that I've, I've, I edge out my 
sort of idioms and my my i tend to like freight my phrases become more american over time mm-hmm. um and the same thing was true when i moved to england where you you just ran that stuff off because there's nothing worse than being than saying something and people are going what you know it's 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 yeah it, it's very like it, it's like a it's like slapping a child it, it teaches something when that happens and yeah. you, you just kind of stop doing it so i don't i don't even think about it anymore no i get that getting moving overseas and moving back right and, and saying a bunch of japanese words american style yes there and getting funny looks realizing for example just learning that tokyo is two sounds instead of three right. saying tokyo to my friends in japan and being like what and then you come back here and you say it the japanese way and they're like Oh, you're being one of those people. Exactly. Then you're suddenly you're Ross Geller and you're going karate. Uh, and so, uh, karaoke is the hardest one because it's karaoke. It's yeah. karaoke in America. And what is but it? If you say, but karaoke. Karaoke. Uh, but if I say karaoke in, or if I say karaoke in Japan, they're like, what? Yeah. What do you want to do? Come back here and I've got to switch it back. But yeah. I forget sometimes. And every time I say it, I get made fun of. i was at a meeting at ign the other day and and uh uh zach made so much fun of me because i wasn't thinking and i said drakwe uh before i uh, before which is dragon quest and oh my god he's just and the, the uh, five minutes later we're talking about twilight princess and he's like don't you mean twilight and i was just like darn it um so yeah i, I know i feel your pain a yeah little we there. all do it right absolutely uh brett wants to know what other subjects would you make documentaries of other than video games? Oh, God. Um, I mean, with Noclip, I won't do anything other than video games because I feel like there are so many stories to tell that I'm forever going to be chasing that um, that that sort of uh, that, that list. And I, I really do feel like if I could keep doing this for the rest of my life, I'd be happy. Um, so I want to keep doing that. But God, if I could tell any other story. I'd love to do one with my brother. My brother, it's really weird because I, I said earlier he did computer science in college and I did web development or multimedia applications development, uh, both of us now work in video editing, hmm. which is totally bizarre to me. He's six years older than me. He works for um, the Irish national like television broadcaster, oh. and he does sports. Uh, he does, like, you know, like, montages before, like, big sporting events? Yeah, like, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, like, here's the thing, gonna, yeah. and he does those, but he does these, like, super emotional, evocative ones about, like, old you know, Irish sporting rivalries or like when we played, um, you know, South Africa and rugby in New Zealand, he does. And like, they always get posted on like all the blogs of like, have you seen the latest montage? Blah, blah. So he's like super talented at that. And I'm doing kind of similar stuff on video games. Mm-hmm. So if I could do any other documentary, I would do something to do with like sports with my brother. Oh, I'd that's love really cool. to do that. I should do that. Yeah, that'd be super fun. I mean, you got all the spare time, right? You know, <laughs> r- running a small business all by yourself. I'm sure you have Easy. tons of time right now. Easy uh, peasy. Yeah. Maybe but- that's the pipe dream maybe someday <laughs> sounds fantastic something small but like good like i love like small stories that don't get told where can um, where can people go see your brother's stuff oh god he's like uh, odwire aj on youtube or something he's really bad at posting them okay they're just spattered all over the internet i just find them all right um if you ever look up like an rte is the name of the radio television sharon is the the irish uh, broadcaster if you look up like rte montages for rugby they're basically all his that's very yeah. fine uh, Anthony wants to know, um, how's Patreon changed your life? Being able to see how many people love you and support you. It's ugh, like you can speak to this, right? It's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's n- nothing. I've like I wanted to do this type of stuff basically for like a decade, like this type of reporting about games. And it was never possible until this. I mean, it was possible some way, but to do it the like really stupid, pure way that I wanted to do it, like no advertising and no, you know, 
sponsored deals or any of that stuff it wasn't really possible it, until patreon came in. it's, it's yeah. like when square came around and suddenly like food trucks could take credit cards <laughs> remember that it was like what i like, can pay for what? food <laughs> and suddenly like it just opened the floodgates and the same things happen it's like you you remove a barrier for people yeah. and it, it becomes so much easier and it's like changed everything like down from my wife works you know she doesn't work on monday to friday she works different days so like now i get to hang out with her when she's off on a thursday like I couldn't like before if she was working a weekend and I wouldn't see her for like a week and a half and like that fucking sucked right and then being able to like completely focus all my effort on the passion projects uh, instead of having to do my sort of you know my my churn videos during the week on GameSpot and I love doing that stuff as well and you know GameSpot was great to me and I I really can't complain about anything there and I miss a lot of my friends there but like being able to like as a as a, like a, somebody who like the pure sort of artistic side of it to be able to focus on that is like crazy incredible to be able to like dive in like I've spent like the past week basically editing this thing yeah. it's crazy to be able to spend that time doing that but it's like it just by the end you're you're left with this thing that's like this could not have been better if i was working at gamespot created a new kind of economics for your life right that's, totally it's fantastic it's nuts i'm super indebted to it yeah i can't i can't say enough nice things about patreon and the really nice people who work there yes they're delightful uh human beings hi heather yes uh, heather wilder uh, is an absolute uh, saint <laughs> what's that heather is an absolute saint yeah She's incredible. uh they're, they're extraordinary and I, we'll let you answer that, and I'll talk about that some other time, but they, they've changed my life as well mm. in some pretty great ways. Um, Tony wants to know if you've ever experienced racism while living in the U.S. That is an interesting question. Um, no, I haven't. Okay. I thought I did in England because of the Irish. My, my sister, you grew up in Ireland, and um, this is going to be a long answer. Okay, I'm all right with that. You grew up in Ireland, and you your, your sort of idea of persecution is like it's it's in your history books it's in television it's in the stories your aunt and uncle tell you about when they lived in england it's in my sister when she was she was a bartender in brighton and when the ira did a bomb she was told to feck off back to ireland by everyone there and had to go home um i used to talk to my friend tamar hussein who's now editor in gamespot uk the two of us um i started a video game website when i moved before i moved to london and he, i met him on the gamespot forums and we ended up becoming good friends um and he's born in pakistan and we used to joke that it used to be my lot who everyone thought was a terrorist but when i moved to england actually they were okay with the irish but now it was the pakistanis that they thought were terrorists and it was but the thing was it was it was way harder for them to lose that because at the end of the day irish people are white and i didn't realize i moved to london and i couldn't get a job forever i'm gonna get a job for five weeks i thought it was because i had super irish name and um i never lived worked in england and Weirdly enough, the only person who gave me an interview was a Catholic from Northern Ireland. Hmm. So I was, in my head, I was thinking, oh, that's why. They didn't want to employ me because I'm Irish. And I had like a real sort of bee in my bonnet about that. Um, and I joined this um, football team, the Star Bethnal Green, like a soccer team. Um, and I used to go to games all the time with the manager, the guy who got me on, uh, Chris, because uh, we lived in the same part of town. So we'd go to games all the time. And then after our games, we'd, we'd take a cab home sometimes because we were going back to the same part of town. Okay. And I remember, it was like, I don't know, it was like a year into playing for this team and like a year and a half into living in London. And uh, we're going home one day and um, I'm getting, we're getting a cab. And he says to me, oh, he was laughing. And he was like, you're going to have to get the cab, mate. They're not going to stop for me. Mm-hmm. And he is like fourth generation 
English, like his grandmother was born in England, <laughs> and he's black, and he was saying to me that I'm going to have to be the one that gets the cab, and it like blew my mind. And I think that's when I realized that even though I had been like raised from a young age that like I was the one that the English didn't like, yeah. I was the Irish guy, and I was still getting the fucking cab because I was white. So wow. I have never experienced racism in this country, and even when I thought I was in England someone else was getting a way way worse than i was thank you for that perspective no worries i appreciate you sharing that Mm. that's that's thoughtful thank you danny no worries it was a real like educative moment that i could not have had from someone telling me i had to happen and like the penny dropped so hard those moments in life that kind of jar you yeah we can go back from totally yeah Brandon says, I don't have a question. I just want to hug you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Internet hug, um, Brandon. Uh, Jean-Marc wants to know, what place haven't you traveled to yet that you really want to? Oh, Japan. Oh, Japan. Oh, you've never been never, to Japan, Never, Danny? never, never, never. been to Japan. Oh, we got to go to Japan. Love to go to Japan. We got to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I love me some Japan. I lived there for almost three years. Yeah. And uh, where are you going to go first? I don't know anything. Wait, so do you know Justin Haywald? Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we ended up in a lift together for about forty five minutes telling Japan stories. Oh, really? Yeah, I was in the back of a car together awesome. talking, telling Japan stories, and it was a lot of fun. He was much more diligent than I was. Justin used his time well. Right. Uh, he he learned Japanese. He focused himself. I goofed off and had fun and got fun <laughs> stories and did nothing useful and had a great time doing it. Good stuff. Well, that's uh, what I want to do when I go to Japan. Then. Yeah, that you got it absolutely got to do it we're we're talking to some people about doing some docs there next year so no i'm hoping to double up i i uh viewers and listeners to the show and that have uh, seen me in other places comedy button or ign know that i like to talk about japan a lot <laughs> but no uh, no joke when you go over i can send you a couple of pretty groovy places you cool. might miss otherwise yes so, i would yeah, absolutely adore that yeah, absolutely local knowledge is so important it helps a little it's been five years i've been there in years so maybe <laughs> they're all gone now uh we'll see um, kind of thank you here from Josh who says I want to thank my wife Melissa for too many reasons to list <laughs> but the support and happiness she gives me daily is a start uh, so there's one for you uh, Stegosaurus wants to know have you ever been to Scotland oh this is so sad I've never been no and really? like and literally like me and my wife are like last night we're like planning because we're going to England um in june after e3 next year um i'm doing some filming and we're going to go to harry potter and my dad's birthday's oh. around then yeah we got tickets to the cursed child that's so great we're Congratulations. Gonna go to that. yeah that was that was a rough internet queue to try and get those <laughs> um but i've actually never been to scotland i went to wales a week before i moved to san francisco for the first time okay um to swansea and it was awesome went to a game actually uh how's, but i've still wales? never been well it's great wales is so like ireland it's crazy yeah the way people act the accents the fact that everything's like written well not the accents necessarily but like just the weirdness on the accent the fact that like everything's written in welsh first and english second is the same in ireland everything's written in irish first and english second, english second. um so yeah yeah I, I, very rural it's super like that but i, I i'm dying to go to scotland I yeah, hope that you have a good time when you Absolutely. go. Use my uh, accent. <laughs> another thank you here from Adam. Thank you to the staff of Beaumont Hospital in Troy, oh. Michigan. My wife just delivered our firstborn on oh, Saturday. Congratulations. Oh, wonderful care. Said, that's congratulations. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations, Adam. Uh, oh, my goodness. First child. That's fantastic. Felipe's, Very scary, I'm sure. What's that? Very scary prospect, I'm sure. Oh, going to the hospital paternity? with the first child. Or, <laughs> or, yeah, or maternity. Oh, yeah, yeah, maternity. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think I have a good point. Yeah. That, <laughs> Yeah, now I just feel ashamed. Um, (laughs) Paternity scary, maternity sounds even more frightening on the way to the hospital. Um, 
Goodness gracious. Uh, someone, I'm sure you've probably met this person at least once. Uh, Lucy James uh, <laughs> wants to know, do you miss us? I miss London a lot and I miss all the people there. They're good people. I'm looking forward to going over with my wife next year and, and sort of like filling in the gaps. One of my favorite things to do is to is to bring my wife places that she wasn't that I didn't know her before at because it feels like I'm basically like painting her into my past a bit. Oh, wow. And especially when you meet somebody when you're in your, like your late 20s, there's so much of a history you've had before mm-hmm. and like who you were as a person. So to me, London is like the one of the last vestiges of that um, where I get to like, you know, show the most important person in your life the the places that made you right and so now you get to share that yeah so That's i'm looking cool. forward to that next year lucy also wants to know uh, if you're at e3 do you want me to bring you some tattoos or tatoes ta- ta- what's a tato <laughs> you can buy it's okay you don't have to bring them thank you though you can actually get them in san francisco if you go down to the uh fisherman's wharf okay there is a um irish shop and tatoes are the most delicious uh you would call them chips um in the world chips okay so they're crisps yeah. they're crisps and, yes. and okay that's right in ireland and, as well i figure i mean you guys are, you win you were there first you get to call them what you want and no i wasn't there at all huh? they forced that language on us oh we were off, true. i don't that's know what point we, we called them was it no pro tea is pro tea chips in irish i forgot i don't know i'm just flashing to like potatoes same word probably my ignorance of, of ireland I, God, I want to go so bad i i um but um I, i'm just flashing to frank mccourt that's that's probably half the Which, was that from to angel's ashes oh yes uh, yeah sorry or, yeah you know, angel's oh, yeah. ashes tis things like that but, super uh, fun anecdote in those books oh yeah <laughs> always really, always a good time really uplifting jesus <laughs> those stories <laughs> 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 all right here's the uh, instant noodle questions uh what is best sandwich oh i'm really raw i'm really enjoying peanut pe- butter and, and jelly at the moment actually really yeah PBJ is good yeah well uh, white wheat rye what do you like your sourdough name? sourdough yeah nice. you don't really get pb and j in in outside of america i think generally not in england anyway okay it's a very american thing because because right. jam is different it's yeah, not it's not, it's not the gelatin version it's more like a preserve mm-hmm. in, in in europe so yeah, yeah. but it's good yeah you like, like the pb and j is good do you yeah. go with the grape or are you a different kind of the grape what uh, with the jelly what, what kind of jelly oh like uh no like a strawberry i'm a strawberry yeah guy, so yeah yeah that's yeah, that's a veteran move right there <laughs> right. i approve just like the cartoon picture of it is yeah it? although now i want to try the grape one Oh, the grapes good. Yeah, the grapes, grapes. People get grapes good, but I still prefer strawberry. Okay. Myself. Um, but some people are. My wife's diehard grape jelly. Oh really? PB&J. Oh yeah. She's like that's the only way. She's not having any of that red shit. Not, yeah, I mean she'll she'll eat it, but not on PB and J. Right. She'll eat that with a spoon out of the jar. I think, oh yeah, that's, yeah, but, that's good. Man, as she came home one day and caught me eating preserves no, out of a jar no. with a spoon. It was. I know it was the things we do day. when we think no one's watching. Oh, it was very bad. And we all do. <laughs> What's the best song written in the last 100 years? Oh my goodness! Um, um, yeah, we throw at you. Oh fast. yeah, I know that's a that's a that's a really hard one. Where am I going to go with this? Uh, yeah, Minerva by Deftones. Wow, I'll that's do a that. great pick. Yeah, I like that song. Uh, what, what what about Minerva? What what strikes you? What can you can you qualify it at all? Uh, I, everything I love about Deftones is how like every song they play sounds like it's being played on the side of a mountain. It's like it's just like airy. <laughs> it's so airy, and there's something about Minerva has the sort of like religious. Um, vocal like lyrics in it mm-hmm. which which are and as an atheist as somebody who could grow up like staunch catholic and like my sort of rejection of catholicism was probably like with the one of the most traumatic times of my life and i'm super atheist now but 
even that song the way they it's like the line like god bless you all on this earth that whole part of it like reminds me of why i loved being religious mm. without making me feel like it's preaching to me that's so a I, re- I really like that song now, i like that a lot i also when you said i've never heard the word super atheist before but i just got this image of the world's like like just i don't know it's like neil degrasse tyson with like yeah. a giant like a on his chest yeah. like in a cape i, I thought it would be amazing like a super atheist is basically like as like it, you're basically a theist again but just for like like yeah, like nega god or something yeah, exactly it's like, it's like some kind of like strange superhero yeah. i don't know it's um what's uh, uh what's the first word you think of when you hear the sound of your own voice <laughs> edit it edit it <laughs> I know what industry you work in yeah, that's, right. that's great yeah. um, what's your favorite flavor ice cream oh um, oh like uh, uh, strawberry cheesecake ooh nice yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's that's lovely. You know. There's this uh, fast food chain in the American Southeast that makes strawberry cheesecake milkshakes. I had oh. one of those in Texas. No, oh. I, no, I had a red velvet cake milkshake in in um what's the cool city in Texas? Austin. That'll do. That was amazing. That'll do yeah, right there. Yeah. Ooh, that's a whole day's calories right Yes, there. that is. That'll kill you. <laughs> oh, it's good. I had it with a burrito. That's that's <laughs> <laughs> that's Wilfred Brimley right there yep. from diabetes. Uh, yeah, I get that reference. There we go. <laughs> See, I get that reference. I get so few of them. Uh, what's the most terrifying creature in the natural world? Oh, God. Man. Oh, man. Oh, that's that's our second most popular choice. Uh, spiders. Spiders is first. Man yeah. is second. And it's so Probably. Far. A cockroach is too. Ooh. I lived above a... Um, was it Liberian? No, Moroccan food shop, I think it was, in, in South London for a very short amount of time. But uh, we had loads of cockroaches in the house. Oh, just because there was so much food upstairs? Yeah, downstairs it was food. Yeah, the oh, shop was. Oh, wow. Was real bad. I woke, up, I woke up one night with like something hissing. Oh! Yeah, it was the most terrifying thing that's ever happened. You had a cockroach life. hissing in your ear? In my ear. I thought it was like in my ear. But I think it was like, it was. You know, when you, you know when you hear something and you don't wake up? And then when you wake up because of it, you realize you've been listening to it for like 10 minutes. That happens with a cockroach hissing in my ear. You had a cockroach giving you a lullaby. <laughs> That's not okay. Yeah, I heard it scutter across the ground. Uh, yeah, I could hear its feet. It's so bad. Oh, it's so terrible. I don't like it at all. Oh, that's gross. I do not like roaches. No. Um, what's your favorite word? Galore. Great word. It's Irish too. Galore's? I really, it's yeah. Irish. What's it mean in Irish? Same thing? It's two words. G-O, go, and then L-E-O-I-R. Galior means a lot of. A lot of? Yeah. Okay. So it's wow. little, yeah. I did not. Thank you for educating us. No worries. Uh, so, uh, another good one of those is um, smithereens. You know when something get, gets blown to smithereens? Blown to smithereens, yeah. Uh, schmitter is like pieces, and een literally means small. Whoa. So schmitterin is like means small pieces. Well, that's Irish. kind of glorious as Isn't well. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's a, any other Irish vocabulary? It's any- it. Then it's just place names, like um, <laughs> like uh, 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 what's the, the what's the city the wires in again? Baltimore. Yeah, town of tall houses, Ballyatimore. I did not know yeah, that. It's a town in Cork in the south of Ireland. Yeah, there's loads of those. Just tripling up on this stuff. <laughs> Who's first kiss? Oh God, I can't remember her name. No, no. Do you remember how it was? It was in a theme park in Birmingham. Yeah, she was like uh, she's like my cousin's babysitter. We all went to some theme park it was like some shitty water park in birmingham in the north of england i used to stay at my aunt for 
like a couple of weeks during the summertime. I completely forgot her name. She was your cousin's baby. Was she older yeah. than you? Or no, nah, same age. She was like, yeah, age? like 13 or something. Like 12. I can't remember. It was like it was on one of these like knockoff English. Uh, you know what it was? It was like it was like the 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 Brummy version of Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm sorry, Brummy. Brummy is like Birmingham. If you're from Birmingham, okay. Birmingham is in like Midlands of England, like okay. on the way to Manchester. And if you're yeah, and it was in I forget the name of the place. It was people in Birmingham will know. It wasn't Legoland. It was the other one. <laughs> um, uh, oh no, Legoland, that was a Windsor, that wasn't close to Birmingham. Was it Windsor it was? I forgot what it was. I have no idea. Anyway, I can't remember. But it was, we we went on the trip, like we clearly like wanted to and like not, neither of us had kissed before. So we went out like six times and on the sixth time I like had the gumption to do it. All right. But I literally can't remember anything else. can't remember anything yeah. else about it. Pirates, that's all. <laughs> Cake or pie? Pie, but pie is different to me mm-hmm. because pie is both savory and sweet now. Okay, that's okay. Because, because you guys have like sweet pies, like yep. pecan pies and stuff. And if I was choosing just those over cake, I would still pick pies. But also in England, you got like your steak and ale pie. Yep. You got like all those savory pies, and those yep. are amazing. We we actually do have a small tradition of savory pies here, just in the oh, really? part of the country. For East it. Coast, yeah. If you get in the Midwest, you'll find oh, right. called pasties. Oh, that's that's a, a Cornish pasty is like an English thing. Do you know Do you know about those the pasties? And, the Cornish pasties. So originally they were sweet on one side and savory on the other. That I did not know because they go the miners used to have them. It was their dinner. I did. So they'd know have that. dinner on one side and dessert on the other. That's awesome. I went to a delicatessen in my hometown had Cornish pasties and I was like, oh, I'd never seen Cornish pasties. And lo and behold, the lady serving them was from Cornwall and she told me that story. That's really cool. Yeah, it's yeah. like the that's like a self baked bento box. <laughs> right? That's yeah. incredible. Isn't that amazing? Okay. Although you have to work in a mine to get them. That's oh, there is that. Yeah. yeah. And that maybe not so fun. I've I've known coal miners. Oh, really? I, oh yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I grew up in the right part of the country to still know some West Virginia coal miners before wow. they were all shut down. That's incredible. Yeah. I knew one guy that told me the story of how they used to go up in the slate piles. They would pull, you know, they'd strip mine and they'd pull slate out of the yeah. hills and they'd stack the slate because it was useless. And the slate was just razor sharp and they would stack it up, you know, 50, 60, 70 feet tall in these huge hills. And they didn't get, you know, when they didn't have snow... They would take improvised sleds and they would sled no. down the slate piles. Because it's so slick. Because it's so slick. Yeah. Exactly. Now, if you fell off, it would oh, cut God, you to ribbons. Oh, that's awful. But they would still do this as kids and they would sled down the slate piles and then climb back. Up. Yeah. It's wow. Dark and sad. You know anything about Mate One, any of that stuff? No. Oh, man. That's 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 a Frank that's a w- kind of story right, right. there. It's, yeah. it's also a Wikipedia entry, probably. Oh, I can... It probably is. Go, go learn about Mate One. Uh, yeah, that's some fun stuff. Last question. Uh, I always ask this at the end. Uh, what's one question you got for me? You want to ask on here? Um, if you could do one other job than what you do now, what would it be? Uh, if I could live in that tiny elite circle of human beings that write fiction for a living, that's mm. what I'd do. I, I would kill to be one of the world's you know six novelists right yeah um, totally yeah uh I, I mean in an ideal dream world i would write for a living i'd write books i'd write screenplays i'd write short stories i'd write essays and articles about um, what would you write what would you what would you write about uh my it's first a- my first book uh, is is two-thirds done probably um yeah well i've written 
several things that weren't good enough to publish. Right. Um, but wow. the, the first one is a, is a uh, children's book called Lucy in the Dark, uh, which actually is a story my wife and I came up with together. Oh, that's awesome. And that I'd really like to finish someday. Um, after that, I think I'd probably jump around. Um, there's a thing called Flyover Country I've wanted to write for a long time. Okay. Um, which is a, uh, a kind of a suspense horror story set in 1970s America mm. in the Midwest about a serial killer driving from place to place in the middle of nowhere and just killing people who live love alone in the middle of, of empty spots. Yeah, yeah. Having spent a lot of time in empty, lonely places, mm. I want to write about that that person we were all afraid of actually being out there. Right, okay. The person your parents were always warning you about. Um, <laughs> I read a horror novel once it's not very good that I'd really like to take another pass at mm. about a funeral home in Georgia. Um a lot of things. Excellent. Uh, and probably more children's fiction too, or young adult children's era. Right. I have a friend who's a teacher who says young adult is just a marketing code word for books people actually read, <laughs> right. which yeah. I love. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's like the guilty pleasure title they put on, whereas, you know, like so many movies yeah. that are just like action is what you call, but like, you know, still have drama in them and still have interesting characters and, and whatnot. Exactly. And I, I love just jumping around. So I, I know we're all supposed to write in genre, but there's, I love what people like, um, um, uh, Cormac McCarthy are able to do right. they don't write genre fiction they're actually able he can write a suspense crime story mm. and then he can write a post-apocalyptic novel and then he can write all the pretty horses yeah. and somehow he's allowed to do that that's the kind of writer I'd it's like amazing. to be where it's I'm not locked into yeah it's like Spielberg or something just like so few people are able to do that yeah to, to and I'm not around. good enough but I wish mm. I mean I'm not Cormac McCarthy's in a desert plane of existence <laughs> for the rest of us but uh, yeah, he's, so that's thanks for asking. That's kind of you. I no, that. that's that, that's I I always feel really um, I have a lot of empathy for writers because you don't choose the form that you want to work in. Mm -hmm. And when I worked in web development, it was stuff projects would take months to finish. Yeah, and then they also kind of like they died very slow deaths where you would, websites exist and the future breaks them slowly and you try yeah. and fix them and they're they're that's it they're they, they kind of they get worse and worse and eventually you just have to let them they go kind of melt yeah, yeah. yeah whereas web uh, video uh i can edit a video in a day or i can edit these like these videos take forever but they're still going to be done in in a couple of weeks right books take so long yeah and people ask me one of the things people ask me a lot is you know when we produced the, the Rocket League videos and, and you know there were two half an hour videos and people said oh why didn't you just make it an hour like making an one hour long video is exponentially more difficult than making two half an hour videos yeah. because of pacing and because of like the, the way in which you tell the narrative so if you like extrapolate that for a book and make it that big like I think writing is such an like I'm terrible at writing I think people like you who can write are unbelievably talented but i also mourn for the fact that if you want to make the thing you want to make you're basically saying i'm going to climb this mountain for like years and yeah. do it I i've written enough long form bad work to know how hard <laughs> right. it is because i've written things that aren't good enough and it's not like that fake modesty thing i seriously mm. i read this like this is awful but the second thing i wrote was better you right, know, yeah. I was like oh i learned a lot doing that and and i but it is hard and the other part is i mean man nobody makes a living at it no nobody i mean no. i to just just the economics of of things like you know health insurance right I, I i harp on that a lot but in a world without obamacare how are you yeah. a novelist unless you're selling millions of copies yeah one totally because you can't afford to live and, uh, and crowdfunding doesn't really facilitate it i know like amanda yeah. palmer for instance has done uh is, is the most successful i believe patreon patreon uh, on it but but 
it doesn't really work because you're basically talking about asking people to commit to something which is going to take like years and it's yep. also you can't piecemeal it you can't say oh here's a snippet yeah. or here's a chapter or here's a, how it, it, works. It, it doesn't it doesn't work that way it's an old medium that like is the way it is it um, is yeah i mean i the, the fans of my show that are that are patrons at a certain level get my silly vampire stories but i wrote them <laughs> that way just so i could write this silly goofy right. fun thing and they kind of they're kind of enabling me to write yeah. ridiculous fiction for for thank you by the way all of you for that <laughs> all right danny uh thanks again uh it's no clip uh yeah. no clip video no clip video on YouTube, patreon.com for slash Danny Dwyer. My name is not that common. If you just type Danny O'Dwyer into YouTube, you usually, or into the internet, a picture of my stupid face usually pops up. So it's a lovely face. Just do that. Your yeah, face very, is lovely. Very pretty. We're all, we've all lovely faces. Here. Except I, I for, the, except for this, this guy, this Doom guy is not looking too No, good. no, this is... Uh, it's Revenant. He, that Revenant's kind of... He's kind of hideous. Um, people want to know more about Revenants. Where can they live? Oh, yes. Uh, no clip video on YouTube. Uh... Check out our Doom feature. I, don't, I haven't actually named what they're going to be called yet, but if you're a fan of the old Dooms or the new Dooms or Dooms that were never released, you may want to check this video out. Ooh, wow. Yeah. That's intriguing. You will see. Exciting. All right. Thanks, guys, so much for watching, listening. Until next time, uh, have a wonderful week. Thanks. <laughs>